Koal Investment Group is a registered investment advisor. Call 262-522-4040. Welcome to the Retirement Clinic with your host, Jeff Kowal, from the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialists. Good morning. Welcome. This is WISN's Retirement Clinic, hosted by the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialists. I'm Paul Kronforst, joined today by hosts, plural, Aaron Spitzner. Good morning. Welcome back. Good morning. It's great to be back. Thank you. It's good to have you back. Chauncey Weisensel, welcome back to the studio. Wonderful to be here. Yeah, double teaming today here. Tag team. Yep. Co-hosting. Yeah, but we've got a lot of good content today. Well, you always do, Aaron. Let's face it. Thank you. It's all (laughs) about retirement. Let's start there. A little background. Cowall Investment Group. Market updates. You hear them Monday through Friday on the Mark Belling Show. uh, Twice, three and five o'clock news blocks. Those are daily updates on the markets. Then the weekend, we get to talk about retirement. And uh, there's a lot of moving parts to everybody's retirement plan. And I'll say this. I think every retirement plan catered to that specific person. We're all different, Aaron. Yes, and, and and even in the market reports, we try to give you an idea of how the day-to-day movements in the market affect your retirement plan. But like you said, when we get into the weekend show here, uh, we're doing a deeper dive into some timely retirement topics. Uh, typically, try to get an idea of, of what are the hotter items that uh, clients are talking about in meetings, uh, what are people looking to know more about, and also, is there any updated news or uh, regulations that should be brought to the attention of the listeners? The Kowalway.com, great resource. That's the website to check out with all the pertinent information, locations in Waukesha, Port Washington, Wisconsin, in Racine, in Phoenix, Arizona, and the latest edition is in Heartland, thekowalway.com. If you've got questions throughout the show, instead of calling us and getting into a long-winded conversation, we simply send you to the Kowal Investment Group any questions, uh, and they welcome your phone call, 262-522-4040. 262-522-4040. Aaron's going to kick things off, but Chauncey, highlight some of the things you've got coming up later in the show. Yeah, so we're going to talk about some uh, how reti- how confident retire- retirees are in uh, retirement uh, and how they're feeling. Uh, it's not that great, <laughs> to kind of tease that a little bit. And then we'll talk a little bit more about the wealth, pres- preser- <clears throat> wealth management and preservation segment, about some uh, inheritance to kids and passing some money on. Yeah, yeah, we got some exciting new music coming up too, so stay tuned for that. I mean, we talk wow. about like bumper music on yeah. AM Talk Radio. Plugging music for the retirement clinic. This is I'm a big telling deal. you, people think it's a big deal. There's going to be a surprise later in the hour, so stay tuned for that. Aaron, you're going to kick off the yep. Hour. Even, even more exciting stuff that I have for you is uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, FDIC coverage as well as SIPC coverage. All these acronyms. Now, everybody's yeah. heard of FDIC. Yeah. And and I wanted to start with that today. FDIC, obviously, pertaining to uh, your bank accounts. And uh, in light of the uh, few bank failures we've had in the last two months, I thought it'd be appropriate to go through FDIC insurance and how much coverage you really have at the bank, and also making sure that you stay within those limits. The other area that we'll we'll go to if we have time is SIPC coverage, and that's coverage with your brokerage or investment account. Uh, so what would happen if uh, the investment account that you that holds your money uh, goes bankrupt? Um, what happens to your investments? Where do they go? How much coverage do you have, et cetera? So um, again, we'll start with FDIC coverage, but uh, so like, <clears throat> excuse me, like 
a lot of listeners are aware FDIC insurance, uh, FDIC, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, I should say. That's the acronym. I was going to ask you what it stood for. I was going to just go over it quickly, but then I figured I should correct myself here. The Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, FDIC, is a government agency that provides insurance for bank deposits to protect consumers in the event of bank failures or financial uh, crises. Now, we would think, right, a lot of times... We're not too familiar with bank failures, and then they just come out of nowhere. And now we've seen Silicon Valley Bank fail, uh, Signature Bank, and now First Republic. So we've had three fall in a matter of, uh, really since about early parts of March. So it is important to be mindful of that and make sure that you're within those deposit limits. Uh, So what are the limits? FDIC insurance limits the coverage the amount of coverage available for each depositor at each FDIC-insured bank, the standard insurance amount is $250,000 per depositor per insured bank for each account ownership category. And that's a key one there, for each account ownership category. And we're going to jump into that in a little bit <laughs> with, a, with an example on how you can maximize your coverage. Because I think a lot of people think, I get $250,000 at this bank. And then they move on to the next bank. And then move on mm-hmm. to the next bank. You could stay at the same bank. Yes, and it depends on how you title your accounts. So hopefully you have a, a good personal banker that can instruct you on, hey, you know, you don't have to yeah, get on the road to the other bank. Yeah, pump the brakes. You can yeah, stay here. Let's look at how we can maximize and your still here. be covered by FDIC. Yeah, mm-hmm. because when you, if something happens and you die, now your beneficiaries are are looking. Oh, mom and dad are. Dad had a bank account here, and he had one there, and he had one there, and they're scattered all over the place. Mm -hmm. And it makes it a nightmare for the beneficiaries. So it's important to maintain those FDIC limits, but also stay um, as as much as you can at one financial institution. You know, most people don't give it a second thought. Until this happened with the first, what was the first one? Um, Silicon Valley? Yeah, the first bank. Yeah, Silicon Valley You hear them in commercials, it's that tag. It's almost Mm -hmm. like the... um, you know, the prescription uh, disclaimer yeah. at the end. Side <laughs> effects may include nausea, vomiting. You well, just kind of go past it. Yeah. yeah, FDIC insured. FDIC insured. What does that mean? Ah, who cares? It, it means something, but we're fine. Our money's safe, right? And then something like this happens, and I think even your average investor goes, well, what does that mean? What am I insured up to? Well, what we found out is that the government will just backstop no matter what. So, I mean, yeah. unfortunately, <laughs> but fortunately for the depositors, that was the case. Um, I guess it depends on which way you look at it. Um, I mean, these banks took risk. Um, and who was going to you know, sacrifice at yeah. the end was the, sh- was the yeah. depositors. Yeah. But the depositors took a risk going above and beyond FDIC limit as mm-hmm. well, thought they could trust the bank and it didn't work out. So if a depositor has more than $250,000 in deposits at an FDIC-insured bank, the excess funds may not be insured. To ensure full coverage, depositors can consider spreading their deposits across multiple FDIC-insured banks, which we, again, try to limit as many banks as you can, uh, open different types of accounts, or opening accounts in different ownership categories. Um, It's important to note that FDIC insurance covers only deposit accounts and does not cover investments such as stocks, bonds, mutual funds, or annuities. Again, that's another category we're going to talk about in a moment here. Uh, additionally, FDIC insurance is backed by the full faith and credit of the U.S. government, which means that it is backed by the U.S. Treasury 
and is considered to be one of the safest forms of insurance available. And what's the amount again, Aaron? Did you say 250000 Yep. That's just if you went and opened up. A account. Yep. An account. account. Yep. In your name. You get okay. 250 Okay. Um, so... How do we ma- good good segue there, Paul? How Thank do we you. how do we maximize the coverage? <laughs> uh, there's several ways to maximize your FDIC coverage to ensure that all your deposits are fully insured. So number one, again, the one I again you could spread your deposits across multiple FDIC insured banks. Uh, by spreading your deposits across different banks, you can increase your overall coverage. For example, if you have five hundred thousand in deposit, you could put it at two different banks. As yeah, simple as that. Maybe you have two right down the road from each other. Um, there's nobody else you want to open up an account with. That's a simple solution. Any advice about staying local? Up? I mean, personally, I, I always uh, think that if you like the brick-and-mortar feel to it, if you like to go in and have a representative in front of mm-hmm. you, then that's the best solution um, if you want to talk with somebody. And now, if you're okay with... Uh, the online bank thing um, and not having a necessarily like a person to walk into an office and, you know, talk to. Mm-hmm. Well, then there's other institutions out there. And that in that regard, I always go with the, the bigger ones. And they yeah. also offer pretty competitive rates as well. Um, again, I'm not really a banking expert. I was a personal banker long, long ago. Really? Uh, yes. Did and, not know uh, that about you. And that actually goes into the next part I was talking about is expanding your coverage. So using different account types. If you want to expand your um, FDIC insurance, you could use uh, different account ownership categories. So FDIC insurance coverage is based on account ownership categories. By opening different types of accounts, you can increase your overall coverage. You could open a single account, a joint account with a spouse, and a trust account with different beneficiaries. You could also have a, an IRA account. That would be covered as well, assuming it, it holds cash and doesn't have investments mm-hmm. in it. So here's an example, okay? You have a husband and a wife, and you have three kids, let's just say. So this is a way to expand your total coverage at one bank. For most people, I think that the perception out there is you go into the bank and you're covered at 250 and that's it. But... It, the husband could have a single account open in his name and get two hundred fifty thousand. The, the wife could have a single account in her name and have another two hundred fifty thousand. Now you could open up a joint account. There's another five hundred thousand. So now we're up to million dollars in coverage, and we didn't really do anything to joint crazy. account. So the husband and wife share that account, yep. but the coverage is it's double the yep. two fifty. So it's up to five hundred. Yep. Yeah. So now you're five hundred plus a single account. You're up to a million bucks. Now, here's the the trickier one. Um, If you have a husband and wife living trust with three beneficiaries, you get an additional, on that account alone, you'd have 1.5 million in coverage. Um, So now that gets into the weeds a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And once you start going down the road of of trust with beneficiaries and the number of beneficiaries, uh, that's where I would recommend you sit down with a personal banker to discuss that and make sure your coverage is accurate. Um, there's also a calculator out there. It's called Edie, and that's what I, we used to use back in the day when I was a banker. It's the Electronic Deposit Insurance Estimator. So when you go in there, you actually put in what bank you're at and how your accounts are structured, and it'll tell you, you know, what your coverage is or how much money you have, and it'll tell you if you're fully covered. So mm-hmm. it's kind of a kind of a nice tool to to look at. Um, so 
with that trust and three beneficiaries, again, that adds another one and a half million. So we're up to two and a half. Uh, where are we at here? Yeah, we're, we're doing pretty good in coverage with the, the trust, with the three beneficiaries, the joint account, and, and you're the still single at account. the same one bank, Eric. Mm -hmm. Yep. You know, if that's your goal, if you if you want to go down the road, like you said, to the second one, you could, but you don't necessarily have to. Again, this is insurance by the Federal Deposit Insurance yep. Corporation, FDIC insurance. Yep. Bottom line is it means if the bank collapses, they, they got my back. I'm covered. Mm -hmm. Yep. The the last one here is um, if you had uh, money in a traditional IRA that you did not want to invest for whatever reason, um, that would be covered as well under a different account type. So you could have a husband with an IRA at two hundred fifty thousand and the wife IRA to another two hundred fifty thousand. So, bottom line, um, just wanted to share that example as a way to to show that you can expand your coverage um, with just one one bank. And then if you're uncertain, you know, talk with a personal banker, branch manager, whoever that may be at the bank, or also you can look it up on your own using the. Uh, that ED calculator, electronic deposit insurance estimator. Lastly, um, just one other thing, expanding your coverage. There's also a, a thing out there called brokered CDs. So brokered CDs are CDs that are bought and sold through a brokerage firm rather than directly from a bank. These CDs can offer higher interest rates than traditional bank CDs, but they may come with some higher fees. So just be aware of that. It's important to ensure that the brokered CD is FDIC insured and to understand any fees associated with the account. So if you have a brokerage account, you may be able to place those funds or those that money with with um, different banks around the country, but have it in one account. Mm -hmm. uh, so you have one brokerage account, but you actually have scattered that money at different banks, but it's still within one account. So it makes it a little bit easier again down the road. So just a little bit on FDIC coverage yep. and um, letting you know that you don't have to go to a million different banks to to get the coverage, and also be aware, you know, of where your dollar amount is, and whether or not you're under FDIC limits. Because, well, not, like you the, said, there's been a lot in the news. If lately. you go over two fifty, obviously you've got to you move money around, uh, start another account or something, right? Yeah, you'd you'd probably want to. Maybe find a friend, put in a joint. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I would say first look. Make to out a, a check to Aaron Spitzner. Yeah, may, maybe look to another bank, um, and and uh, account titling things like that. Well, but, now FDIC, we, we explained it right, yeah. and we get the details. Two hundred fifty thousand. You're insured up to that on each account. SIPC, the Securities Investor Protection Corporation. Look at you, you got it. I looked it up. Oh, <laughs> all these acronyms, you know, even yeah. the Secure Act—it's it's an acronym. So I looked it up. It protects customers if their brokerage firm fails. So there's a difference there, Aaron. Yeah. So the SIPC is important one to uh, to be aware of too when you're investing with with an advisor and, and knowing where your money is that they um, that they are insured by the Securities Investor Protection Corporation, or otherwise known as SIPC. It's a nonprofit corporation and provides insurance protection for customers of broker-dealers in the event of the failure or bankruptcy of that company. SIPC is a not is not a government agency, but rather a self-regulatory -regu organization that is overseen by the Securities and Exchange Commission. So, again, important that you're aware of what SIPC is. Uh, it's it basically gives you protection up to five hundred thousand dollars on your on your investment account, and 
it's limited to 250,000 in cash. So if you got 500,000 in your investment account and 300,000 is cash, all that all of that cash is not going to be protected. It's going to limit you at $250,000. Um, if you have multiple accounts with the same broker dealer, SIPC insurance provides coverage for each separate account up to the maximum coverage limit. This means that if you have several accounts with the same broker dealer, each account is insured up to $500,000, again, subject to the $250,000 cash limit. So a little different than FDIC. FDIC, mm -hmm. right, if I had five individual accounts um, at $250,000, well, four of those aren't going to be covered. With SIPC, it's just by the account. Kind of kind of strange yeah. uh, that they don't assign an overall limit by account category like FDIC, but... Again, $500,000 is the limit. SIP insurance does not cover losses due to market fluctuations, fraud, or other forms of investment losses. Its sole purpose is to protect against that failure of the broker-dealer or investment firm. Um, now, you might be wondering, well, $500,000 isn't really that hard to to meet these days, right? We talk about retirement planning all the time. And oh, yeah. It doesn't Counts take a million, a million dollars. Two, three, four. Yeah. So what are you know what do you do in that situation? And well, number one, right? Oftentimes these accounts are made up of multiple different accounts. It's very likely that I could have a client that you know husband and wife have an IRA. They both have a Roth account. Maybe they have a taxable account, and collectively that equals a million dollars. We just talked about each account has five hundred thousand in coverage, so they would be okay. But in the case that you are over that. Um, you may be entitled to additional protection under the, here we go with another acronym, oh uh, Securities Investor Protection <laughs> Act, uh, SIPA. That provides additional coverage for up to $1.9 million per customer for securities and cash held by a broker-dealer. So this excess insurance isn't just something that everybody has. Um, the The broker dealer or investment company that holds your money. I don't like using the word broker dealer because I no. think it sounds too much like industry jargon, but where your money's held, right? If your money's at Fidelity or Schwab or wherever, uh, that company may go out and buy additional coverage. So they have the option to do that through a private insurer. Um, and then through that additional coverage, they could get that $1.9 million in, in additional coverage. So, so be aware of where your money's held yep. and whether or not they have one of these additional policies. More to importantly, you. what's the coverage up to that that two fifty threshold or SIPC was five hundred? Yeah, so the SIPC is going to give you five hundred, but you may have an additional one point nine million per customer, depending on whether or not the brokerage firm that your money's held at went out and bought an additional policy, yep. which. So be aware of it. Maybe ask the questions and see if, if you are covered with that uh, additional policy. And now we know what they mean by FDIC insured and SIPC. Yep. So Now, uh, wait. Well, I got one more thing here for you. Another acronym? Nope. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. But what happens if, if it fails, right? And that's always the question. Like, like when do I get my money? Am I going to be waiting like years or months? Or is it going to happen like days? Um well, I don't have an answer on the time frame, so yeah, I don't know about that one. But uh, <laughs> SIPC will work to return cash and securities to customers up to the maximum coverage limit. Uh, if the value of a customer's assets is greater than the coverage limit, SIPC will work to transfer the customer's assets to another brokerage firm. 
it's important to note that SIP insurance does not protect against, again, investment loss or fraud. So, you know, I don't think it's, it's, it's just like, black and white in terms of, okay, the company failed, I'm going to get my money two days later. They're going to work through all possibilities to make you whole. You know, the goal is to, to make you whole. You're just the investor. You had your money placed with this corporation, and they want to get the money back to you if you're above and beyond those limits. We certainly hope no more banks fail, collapse, call it what you will. Yeah. But nobody knows, right? Three big ones? Yeah, right? nobody, nobody knows. I mean, I think there's... Jamie Dimon from J.P. Morgan had said a week or two ago that after First Republic failed, he thought everything was going to be fine now. And we saw a lot of volatility with the banks uh, at the tail end of last week uh, with their stock prices, at least. And I think that just tells us not a lot of people know how to price out the risk of these banks right now and if there are additional risks there. Because when you see a price, the stock price, go up and down by – we saw one go up and down by 80% on mm -hmm. Friday. Mm -hmm. Um that tells me they don't know how to price that accordingly. Wow. There's just, Anna, if you ever have questions about the amount of coverage, uh, this is important stuff, right? And if there's another one that would collapse, there's big headlines there. Talk to an advisor. Make sure that you are properly covered. Call the Cowell Investment Group. Um, many of you listening are clients of the Kowal Investment Group, even if you're not. And if you've got a question, reach out to kowalway.com or 262 522 4040. Want to tie a big old uh, ribbon around that topic? Any final comments on? No, I mean, just be aware of where your dollar, dollar or where your money is if it's covered. It's free insurance. Yeah. Look at it that way. Exactly. Like, what take it is. advantage of it. That's make, what, and make sure you're covered. It gives you a peace of mind. That is what it is. Chauncey coming up next with WISN's Retirement Clinic. What's on the agenda? You do have the um, wealth management and preservation segment later in the hour. Yep, that's coming. But first, we're going to talk about uh, retiree confidence and how they're feeling about retirement. Ooh, and is it all good news or not so Not rosy? particularly. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk more about that when we come back. Well, anybody that checks their balances might be aware of that. But what can you do about it? Where is that confidence level at? Chauncey Weisensell, Aaron Spitzner from the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist here in WISN every Saturday, 10 o'clock. You're listening to The Retirement Clinic. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Retirement Clinic on WISN. I'm Aaron Kowal with the Boss Minute, business owner's savings and security. It's about owning your retirement, not just your business. A retirement plan is essential for any small business owner. And while there are no one-size-fits-all retirement plans for business owners, there are steps that will help you create a plan that works best for you. First, enlist the help of a financial advisor. No matter where you are in the retirement planning process, a financial advisor will be able to help you outline a plan and determine what you need to do now to achieve your retirement goals. Second, review your health and life insurance options. Once you retire, your health and life insurance coverage will change. Consider all options and be mindful of enrollment periods. Third, be sure to keep your financial records updated. As retirement approaches, it is important to have a proper valuation of your business. If you sell, you will want to get a fair value. And finally, create and have a succession plan in place. When you choose to step down from your business, regardless of whether you pass on the business to a relative or business partner or sell to an outside party, you need to have a succession plan for this transition. A team of professionals will be able to help with each of these steps and more. If you're ready to start preparing for retirement from your business, give our office a call today at 262-522-4040 or visit thecowalway.com. 
Welcome back on WISN, the retirement clinic with the Kowal Investment Group, thekowalway.com, K-O-W-A-L. Make sure you're on the right website, thekowalway.com. For more information, Chauncey Weisensel and Aaron Spitzner. Now, Chauncey, as we kind of switch gears here in this segment, talking about overall retirees, I think you referred to as level of confidence. Yes. So, like, how, how are you feeling about retirement if you're still working you feel good. You're looking at your 401k or your social school. Like, how do you feel? And same uh, with retirees. Okay, you're retired. Now, it kind of where's your confidence level that you're going to be able to have a decent retirement? Or are you kind of maybe freaking out a little bit, especially after the market we had last year? Three years and, ago, my answer would have been different than it is today. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so this is this is the most recent one. This article is a couple couple weeks old, um, but not that, but pretty recent. So uh, this is on Barron's and his titled Retiree Confidence Post Steepest Decline Since 2008. So right there, you can see uh, people gearing up for retirement, not feeling overly confident, right? Yeah, and 08-09 was a recession. Yeah, exactly. So uh, that's not really a good thing to hear. No, not at all. Um, but, you know, so just real quick, some of the numbers that they put in here. Um, 64% of workers feel at least somewhat confident of living comfortably down from 73% uh, in 2022. So even the way they word that a little bit somewhat confidently <laughs> doesn't exactly inspire like the, the best confidence in the world. Um, but so that numbers dropped 9% over the last year. And you look at the market being down last year, uh, bonds down about 13%, S&P down around 20%. Um, inflation, interest rates, a lot of volatility, a lot of things going on in the world right now on in the stock market. So I think it's understandable that you're maybe not feeling the best if you haven't retired yet. It, and, it, and it comes at, uh, I mean, at the core of this show, the retirement clinic, is the emotions wrapped up in retirement. It should be an exciting time of your life, something yeah. you've worked very hard for and planned for. And now you start to second guess, well, maybe maybe I'm not ready yet. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's completely mental, right? You need to... And that's where we we run plans for our clients, right? And we are always stress testing those plans, especially as people get closer to retirement. Um, it's not uncommon. I have, can you run this plan for me again? Can you run this plan for me again? <laughs> they just want to make sure, especially you saw last year in the in the depths of the market being down um, before things rebounded a little bit since October last year. Um, but especially last year when the markets are down, you know, we stress test the plan. Say, all right, if you retire now, what happens if we saw a pretty big drop in the market over the next couple of years? are you still going to be in good shape? And, you know, seeing that, okay, I have X amount of dollars left planning to age 100, uh, adjusting for inflation. Okay. That gives you some peace of mind um, that, okay, I can retire. I can be good. Yeah. The more you plan, the longer you've been planning for, let's say you plan to live to be a hundred, Yeah, but you don't make it to a hundred. Of course, we don't know right now what we're going to make it to, but if you plan appropriately, even in downtimes, you got some wiggle room in there. Exactly. You know, I tell clients all the time, we'd rather plan for you to live to a hundred and say, oh, you know, if you live to 85, you're in good shape Mm -hmm. and then you're 90 years old and- all right, that wasn't a good plan then at, at the, that we made at that time. So uh, we like to plan to 100 account for inflation. Um, and some of the things that have been weighing on retirees, obviously the rate of price increases, it's slowed down a little bit. Um, the number in here for March was the inflation was up about 5%. Uh, if you look at March of last year compared to March of this year. Um, so it's a little lower than it was before. And they mentioned gas prices have come down. I mean, Maybe a little bit since the beginning of the year, but yeah, then they, they went st- back up. Exactly. Exactly. So I buy premium for my car, four sixty five. I think I just paid. 
couple days ago. Yeah, that's tough. <laughs> well, that's 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 quite a bit, right? It is. So yeah, they fluctuate up and down. Yeah. So um, gas prices are down a little bit, but food prices are still up eight and a half percent, and shelters up eight point two percent. And about eighty percent of people that responded to the survey um, kind of cited concerns that that those prices are going to stay high for the next twelve months. Um, and about 75% of them were concerned that the high inflation was going to put the economy into a recession over the next year or so. Who is all polled on this? Was it people near retirement um, or is it, it a cross-section? It doesn't say. It's people who are retired and people who haven't yet retired, so okay. they're still working. It doesn't really give an age. There's you know, people from 55 to yeah. 65 Because I talked to a 25-year-old. Maybe yeah. they've been working for three years. Mm-hmm. They just started their 401k. Yeah. They probably don't care. They're probably like, hey, listen, I don't have to worry about that for 30 years. No, in fact, years. in fact, there was uh, cited in here about 40% of workers and about 58% of retirees reported that their balances have gone down over the last 12 mm-hmm. months. That almost seems really low if you think about how much the market was down and everything was down, right? Mm-hmm. The S&P was down, the NASDAQ, even bonds, the safe haven, were down about 13%. Um, and so- you talk about someone that's 25, maybe if you have a smaller 401k and you're adding, well, you, you don't really hate the down market because you're adding as the market's going down. Buying buying them low. Yeah, you're buying low. And as you've gotten this nice recovery, uh, things have been going well. You, know, you might have been up last year if you had a lower balance in your 401k and that you're is just true. starting out. If you look back to when COVID hit, the, the incredible hit the market took, right? Yeah. Recovered so fast. Yes, incredibly fast. So it just shows the power of, you know, like you said, not panicking. What you don't want to do, Troncy, I think this goes an overall theme on this show, is is try to time the market in and out and yep. always chasing stuff. Yeah, and that's why, you know, talk about timing the market. And, you know, if you have some extra cash to maybe move in the market, that's where we discuss dollar cost averaging. You know, okay, if you have a $200,000, well, let's maybe put 100000 in right away and let's do... 50,000 this next month, 50,000 the month after that. And you're fully invested over 3 months then and so, you know, you kind of smooth out some of the bumps that can happen in the market there. Um but and then another statistic I thought was kind of interesting in here. So, if you were still working, 64% felt, you know, conf- somewhat confident they could have comfortable retirement where 73% of people who were already retired felt somewhat confident. So that's a pretty big difference about 9% of people who are already retired feel a little bit better about their retirement. Mm-hmm. So those numbers didn't necessarily kind of coincide with each other at all. Um, but that was something that was interesting in there as well. And then obviously I cited, you know, people seeing their accounts were down. Um, obviously they didn't ask people like, Hey, what's your asset allocation? How much cash do you have? How large are your accounts? Things like that. Like you mentioned before, Paul, um, so that some of those people with smaller accounts, or maybe if you're older, you got a lot of cash. Obviously, your cash was it's down because of inflation, but you know maybe your cash wasn't. You're not seeing a negative return on your cash uh, from that kind of standpoint. And you know we're always going to recommend that people keep a decent amount of stocks in the market just to keep up with uh, inflation uh, over the long haul. You know the um, it's interesting you say that about the retirees and and, and not feeling good about. Retirement, there's a, and this kind of sentiment overall, right? Because right now sentiment is really low. Yeah. And they go back to 1971. There's a chart from JP Morgan that it's excellent. It shows consumer sentiment, the peaks and the lows of it going back to 1971. And, and every time it's hit a low point, the market on average, now there's like 10 or 12, I can't, I'm trying to picture it in my head. It's like 10 or 12 times it, it's hit the low where people just feel terrible about mm-hmm. the market and the economy. Every time it hits that low point, 
or not every time, but the forward-looking market return is about 23 to 24% for the next 12 months when things hit rock bottom. On the other hand, when we're feeling really good about the market and really good about things, the forward-looking return over the next 12 months is about 3.5%. Wow. So maybe, just maybe, with a lot of retirees not feeling so good about things, could be a good sign of, of what's to come ahead. It, it very well Sounds counterintuitive, be. but yes. sometimes All, as consumers, we're a little late to the game. But the if you're in the, a little ahead of if us. But if you're in the stock market, I think every advisor would just prepare yourself. There are ups and downs, and I'm not the master at stating the obvious. <laughs> it ebbs and flows. It's going to happen. It can't yeah. always be up. And I think the the, the difficult difficult uh, <laughs> part for for most people uh, this time around has been the the bond market not doing well. Yeah. Um, so historically, right when when the market is down, that's why you have bonds in your portfolio. Um, they 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 balance things out. Yeah. Well, last year, like you said, when you started that off, right, with the bond market down thirteen percent, the stock market down nineteen percent, there wasn't anywhere to hide. So people. That's you right. know, whether you were really conservative or balanced or aggressive, we were all down double digits. And in this consumer or retirement confidence, call it what you want, the sentiment we yeah. referred to, whatever the feeling is, may not be so good right now. That will change. When? Yeah. Hmm? I don't know, right? Next year is going to be interesting. It's a presidential election year. That always makes things interesting. It just throws yeah. an extra little wrinkle into... To where the market's going to go and uh-huh. people's feelings on politics is always It is. And just that fear of the unknown. We don't know what's yeah. going to happen. You can't predict the future. Uh, you can have an opinion, but nobody knows what's going to happen and where the markets will head. But I would say this. You may get frustrated. You may look at a balance that's a little bit off from past years. We were in one heck of a bull run for a long time, right, yeah. John C.? Yeah, exactly. You know, you've seen how many years running up to... You know, this last year where it's just up, up, up. And you had the yeah. tough with COVID. It went down a lot. But if you stayed invested, it's still a pretty good year. It, it still rebounded, yes. Yeah. So you don't want to panic yes. and get I know it's easy. Who Easier said than done. Well, I've got a 401k. Everybody's involved in a 401k has got money in the stock market. Yeah. Last thing you want to do is panic. You may want to make some different strategic moves where you guys come in as yeah. advisors. Make sure you're diversified, you know, different, different types of stocks, different types of bonds. Don't... Put all your eggs in oh the one growth fund in my four hundred one k and I've got seven hundred thousand dollars in there. You know. All the eggs in a proverbial basket. <laughs> yes, so avoid that. You know, spread out your investments a little yeah. bit. Help help uh, smooth out the ride and give yourself a little bit of downside protection. Chauncey, I know we got a break, but real quickly, I mentioned younger people before, but they yeah. they are investing. They're doing the right thing. Yeah. They're getting in a four hundred one k plan. Uh, that's good, um, and they may not care as much about the ups and downs or volatility. But they should. I mean, they should care. One thing they may not do is make as many changes strategically as somebody older. Does that mean you can be more aggressive when you're younger? Oh, yeah. I'd say be super aggressive. I mean, personally, I'm younger. I have all of my money's in stocks, you know, and Mm -hmm. what do I care, right? Like you said, you know, I'm 30, 40 years out from retirement. You're not not retiring anytime soon. No, not even close. So, I mean, if anything, if you're a young person, you have some extra cash sitting around and you see a down market like that. Throw it in there, you know, yeah. buy buy a few different stocks or ETFs. and Yeah, look at an old guy like me. Yeah. Fifth, going on 57 years old. That's a different story. That's where I actually, <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at my 401k balance and just trying to kind of, uh, you've talked about a cash flow analysis. That's where you do the math. Yeah. F- factoring inflation in, your age, yep. and how much money do you need to retire? Yeah, so we look at how much you need to retire, factor in inflation. You know, we, we stress test it for that bad market timing. And that's where I say, you know, 
retirees might not feel too confident, that's come to an advisor, come come see us at Kowal. Uh, we can put together a plan for you and we'll stress test it. Even if the market's down, what happens if it goes down even more? Are you still going to be in good shape? And so we, we really plan conservatively, try to break the plan, right, for lack of a better term. And yeah and see how, how do things look, and that can really give our clients peace of mind. All right, we got some great new music coming up on the Retirement Clinic. Stay tuned. This Mother's Day weekend, we got to give a shout-out to all the moms out there. Happy Mother's Day. Hope they're having a great weekend so far. Uh, it's the number one day for greeting cards. Yeah. U.S. Postal crazy. Service. So there you go. And probably the most brunches are served tomorrow morning. Oh, probably. Right up so, there with like Easter brunch. Yes. Right up there with Easter is a Mother's Day brunch. So to all the moms out there, including my own, happy Mother's Day. I hope you have a great, uh, you know, do something nice for your mom. I don't know. Flowers? What's nice? My mom said, I don't want to make a big deal out of it. Let's make it casual. And I'm like, yes. That's oh, what I, she's <laughs> lying. No, it's a trap. No, no, she's not lying. We're actually getting together tonight and just kind of making it casual. You know, you got two moms, you got to kind of make both sides happy. So have a great Mother's Day, all the moms out there. And when we come back, it is the wealth management and preservation segment. Stay tuned. Got some surprises for you then. Chauncey Weisenzell will be taking care of that segment. Aaron Spitzner is here. It is the Retirement Clinic. If you got a question, 262 We're back. WISN's the Retirement Clinic with the Cowall Investment Group. New music you may have noticed for this segment, the Wealth Management and Preservation segment, appropriately named, and if I had a million dollars. Exactly. And so this show is for everyone, but this segment in particular is for people who have a million dollars or more. Uh, and now that you've had some wealth and accumulated that, how do you grow it, preserve it, and pass it on to your heirs? And that's what we're going to focus on here. The last part is pass it on to your heirs. Um, not really an article, but some some good things to keep in mind when you're considering passing an inheritance to your children. And this is something we deal with a lot. Uh, we have clients you want to give to you know charities or your church. Um, and a lot of people want to help out their kids with gifting, You know, whether it's giving a little bit of money for a down payment on a home or, oh, you know, I'd love to help my grandkid pay for some of their college tuition. Uh, it's pretty expensive. We really want them to go to college. Um, you know, how, how do I plan for that? And, you know, how do I make sure the first point here is that I'm not uh, kind of wrecking my plan by giving too much money away. Um, and that's the first bullet point here is make sure your income needs come first, right? Some retirees give away their retirement savings without considering their own needs, uh, before you make gifts to other, it's important to assess how much you can withdraw each year once you retire. And that's where we had mentioned the last segment, a cash flow analysis. And that's another thing we can put in there, right? That's what's so great about those is there's so many different variables and so much going on in life. We can plan for just about anything in there, right? So, oh, you know, I really want to give my grandson $10,000 a year to help kind of pay for his college tuition. Well, how does that look? And, oh, we have a second grandkid. Oh, and things need to be even. So, Okay, there's $80,000 over the course of, you know, eight years or so. And how does that impact my plan? Does it still look good? You know what? I'm getting to the age where some of my friends are becoming grandparents when they're mid to late 50s, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. 
And it's amazing. It's like they're popping them out. Everybody says the kids aren't having, millennials aren't having babies and the birth rate's down. The people I know, they're having one that, hey, we're in our second, we're in our third, mm-hmm. fourth. Some people could have eight, nine grandchildren. Yeah. Uh, do you want to treat them all the same? That's that's your call. That's your decision. Yeah. But you might you might have more than one, right? Exactly. And so those are all things to consider. And maybe, you know, $10,000 a year to grandkids doesn't look that great. Oh, what, what if we did 5000 a year? Does, okay, that looks good. Let's let's plan on that. And um, I heard this analogy from Jeff the last couple of weeks, and I thought it was really good. And I'm sure he heard it somewhere. But um, he said, when you're on a plane, right, and they're doing all the flight instructions before you take off, and this is where the life jacket is if we go down. And he says, you know, when, the, when they say the oxygen mask comes down, right, yeah. put your own on before you help, you know, your child or someone else put theirs on. Yeah. Make sure your needs are taken care of. Um, before you start giving away too much money to to your kids, yeah, and um, they do that so obviously you're able to help out your child. Exactly, if you pass out, uh, you're not any help no, to them. No help at all. So I never listen to those instructions on the earbuds. I don't either. You, I, you already got the earbuds <laughs> if you, in. If you flew once, you know what you're, they're saying. You're waiting to take off. Yeah, okay. <laughs> do uh, they go through the motions too? <laughs> oh yeah. Can you imagine how many times they've done that in their well, life? Exits located right and left. Blah blah blah. blah and they look. Blah. Most of them look super enthused when they do it. <laughs> right. Some of the Southwest people, uh, their flight attendants, some of make them a get show. into it. Yeah. yeah those they, are the good ones. Yeah. Then, then I might pay attention. The, that's why everybody's having a phone now. It's yeah. kind of cool because it goes viral and you get to yeah. see this weird stuff that goes on in airplanes but yeah so make sure your own needs are taken care of um second bullet point here is plan for rising health care costs obviously health care kind of inflates at a quicker rate than most of your you know food other living expenses um but the big one is long-term care costs um so that's another thing right we can put that in a plan and see okay does what what kind of wrinkle does that put in are you going to have enough money are you going to be able to leave x amount of dollars to your kid or children are still gift um People are like, oh, you know, who cares if we run out of money? I'll go on Medicaid. And I always, do you really want to go on Medicaid? You kind of lose some control. Are you going to, what kind of a place are you going to end up in? Medicaid eligibility 65, right? So that's Medicare. Oh, Medicare. Medicare. That's your health insurance, your supplement, all that stuff when you hit 65. Uh, Medicaid typically is going to help more with uh, lower income. Yeah. I've, I've ran out of money. Now I need to go into a nursing home. The government's going to take care of those costs um, and try to recoup as much of that as yeah. they can Big from you. Big difference between the two. Yes. I got it mixed up. Nope. You're all good. Um, so, But Medicaid will pay for nursing home care. Your assets are low. Um, how am I going to pay for this? That's where Medicaid will step in. Um, and you don't necessarily have the control over where you go too much, and you can't just gift all the money away. Um, because of the five-year look back, they say, okay, you gave your kids all this money. Ah, we're going to need that back because we're paying for all this. Um, so look at that. And then, you know, it's always good to explore long-term care options. Um, big popular now is a life insurance policy with a rider where you can just access the percentage of the death benefit um, to, help pay for, to, to help pay for your long-term care costs. Good stuff, as always. That's the Wealth Management and Preservation segment uh, with Troncy Weisensel. Aaron Spitzner is here. We got some final comments on this Mother's Day edition of the Retirement Clinic. Here in WISN, to reach out, the Kowal Investment Group has a great website, thekowalway.com. Questions, 262-522-4040. Market updates during the Mark Belling Show. And Mark is now back from his... Uh, winter sabbatical hiatus slash taking four months off whatever you want to call it and we're back in full force those are on the 3 p.m news 5 p.m news block every day monday through friday with the Kowal investment group the retirement specialist
Stuff covered today with the Colwell Investment Group. Aaron Spitzner, uh, you're doing some nice things for your wife. And yes, and I, I was able to inform her about FDIC coverage on our radio show today, <laughs> SIPC coverage. What well, a great Mother's yeah, Day weekend. a great Mother's Day uh, radio show. But, uh, and all kidding, happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Yeah. Absolutely. Tomorrow, have a great Mother's Day. Uh, we thank Chauncey Weisensell. Good stuff today. A lot of content. And if people have questions, just reach out. Call the office, right? Yeah, give us a call and Spitz, myself, or any of our other advisors there. are happy to help answer questions. Or if you want to set up a meeting, happy to do that, too. Many, many locations. World headquarters in Waukesha, in addition, Port Washington, Phoenix, Arizona. Racine, Spitz, we always talk about that's your, yes. your location. Yep. The recent addition in Heartland, thekowalway.com, or call 262-522-4040. Guys, have a great weekend. Have a great Mother's Day weekend. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Chauncey. Aaron? Thank you. Have a great weekend. Everybody, thanks for joining us back next Saturday. 10 o'clock every Saturday morning with the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist. This has been the Retirement Clinic. News is coming up next.